365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store. Hello and you're very welcome to episode 32 of Purple Psychology. I'm Marie O'Riordan. Thank you all for tuning in across 57 countries around the world. And this is the home of 365 Success app. <laughs> well, it's the first time people here would have probably come across it. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, you're welcome. Tell us more about the app. Hello, thank you. Um, well, the, basically the idea of the app is that it's a tip a day for 365 days, so one every day. Um, it goes through all the different aspects of your life and it tries to get you to think about them in relation to being successful. So the people behind the app, there's you, and there's also Dr. Graham Hughes has been helping us. Do you want to talk about Dr. Graham? Yes, Graham's been on the team. Um, he's, I can't remember how long he's been on the team. 2010. Well, was it that long? Mm. Um, yeah, I was going to say he, was, he wasn't the first batch of teachers I had on the team. He was the second batch <laughs> um, <laughs> with the shuffle around. Um, so, yes, he's, um, he's been coding it in the background. Um, he coded his own app earlier last year, um, a biology tool for revision for biology. So he's, he's done this one now and we'll see how many more he's going to do. With us? Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a fun process. He's, uh, he's employed, he's a scientist with a uh, university, University College Dublin. So it's been interesting to see inside his world as well. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, like all of my team, he excels in what he does in the outside world. Um, and he recently got married and he's married to another one of your teachers, keeping it in the family. Yeah, well, everybody on the team has either come to it because they know somebody else. Um, that, that, that's been a common theme. I can hear the click of your pen. It looks like an elaborate pencil. May I hold it? You know what I'm like? Oh, that's lovely. It feels a bit like titanium. Why do you like using a metal pencil? Um, because I got it when I was doing my PhD. Um, I kind of can't think without it now. You can't think without a pain anyway. Yeah. All right, episode 32, what would you like to start off with? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting episode. There's um, loads amalgamated. Um, I've been collecting notes. I think I've got notes for about seven podcasts here. So we'll start with all of the random articles I've come across over the last couple of weeks. Um, the first one is brilliant art project in London. They gave 100 homeless people disposable cameras and watched what they did with them. Oh, fabulous. What was the result? Um, it was really interesting. Um, the first thing that struck me was they, they photographed a lot of animals. Um, I have known a number of homeless people in Dublin city centre who have given up on the world of people and are massively close to animals. I can think of one woman in particular who um, always has a collection of dogs that are better cared for than she is. What was the line of sight on the lens? Yeah, that was another part of it that was really interesting. So there's a lot of animals, a lot of random abandoned objects. They photographed a lot of people, 
But what was really interesting was is that their line of sight um, was lower than everybody else's. So it was it was a real case of you could see that their eye line, that they really felt like they were separate and they'd actually dropped down in society and dropped dropped out of society. I'd seen that in the third world before you mentioned that article. Yeah, I, I think it I think it's an amazing project. Um again I'll I'll put up the link to it um on, on the Facebook page so everyone can have a look at it. Facebook.com forward slash purple psychology. Yeah, so that, that was the first interesting one. So um, continuing kind of on the theme of photographs and, you know, technology, I've seen a lot of articles on um, smartphones in the last couple of months. Um, a lot of people are talking about smartphone addictions. And devices in general? Is this like your iPad or your, what do they call them, tablet or... Yeah. A bit of everything, but particularly particularly smartphones. And another article that I'll, I'll put up a link to as well on the Facebook page was people being photographed, um, and, and the theme of the article was, if this doesn't make you want to give up your smartphone, nothing will. Um, and so it was a whole series of people um, in social environments completely ignoring somebody in their space um, because they were on a smartphone. Well, you know, we had lunch a couple of weeks back, and what I noticed, this was um, this was a UK restaurant. And what I noticed was there was a family across from us. And I mean, no judgment or anything. I'm just speaking about an observation. And there were two young children at the table. Both of the children had two iPads, didn't inter- interact with each other, didn't interact with the table. And what was your observation? Yeah, it, it's quite common, like people are bringing technology out to restaurants basically to keep their children occupied rather than actually being integrated in the conversation. And there is some personality types um, with children where, you know, social um, interactions don't come as naturally to them as other people. Like small talk is difficult or they find it difficult to walk into a crowded room or they might be a bit quiet or a bit more shy. And what happens is is that if you give them this crutch of technology, they use it as a barrier and as a tool to block people out of their existence. So, you know, you'll see photographs on, on Facebook where they'll go to a cousin's, you know, um, day or birthday or whatever it is, and they'll be using the parent's um, phone so that they don't have to talk to any of their cousins. I'm guilty. I spent a huge amount of time on technology. Yes. Um, but what was really interesting about these photographs was the fact that I don't think people realise that they're always leaving somebody out. And another photograph that's gone viral on Facebook only this week is um, it's a photograph of an event taking place, a street event taking place. And there's all these generations of people standing behind a barrier. And every generation has some form of technology to take photographs to keep the moment and you know to record it rather than experiencing it and there's an older person in the very front of the photograph with no technology that's just enjoying the moment for what it is and is not trying to record it desperately for the future. I like the way I've seen you working with especially very young kids I mean you know past the toddler they're, they're now walking and you've given them not electronic devices but other devices to cope with in areas where they might walk into a situation where there's people they don't know and all this and I found that really helpful but I was just reminded of something now as you talk about technology when the iPod the very very first iPods came out and I got one because I'm you know I'm a geeky nerd and nothing wrong with that I don't think (laughs) but I used it as a detachment I think I found it easier 
to walk down a busy street on a Saturday afternoon on my own with my headphones in listening to music as a way to cope with the crowds being very introverted or is that just me being a weirdo? No, there's there's an awful lot of people who do use music um, and do use earphones um, in order to be able to cope with crowded environments. But the challenge is that, yes, it it does help you to cope with the crowds and with a lot of overwhelming noise. But the problem is, is that if you do it all the time, you just you just don't interact with the people around you. All right. Okay. I have to be careful of that because you sometimes say to me, Marie, because I, I wear noise cancelling headphones a lot of the time. Yes, and, and it is. It's 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 quite antisocial. Yeah, I don't mean to be. Yeah. <laughs> um. So um, we'll continue on the smart technology because I I came across a good a good article. Um, it was six ways to break your um smartphone addiction, which I quite like. I could do with listening to this. Okay. Um, I thought they I thought they were they were quite clever actually. Um, one is to not to not use your smartphone as your alarm clock. I'm guilty. Yeah. So, um, so if you if you use it as your alarm clock, you're you're instantly interacting with it. And there's been a lot of articles on sleep patterns as well on the fact that you shouldn't be pressing snooze as well because you're restarting your. Sleep no, cycle. I don't hit snooze. I'm not a snooze yeah. person. No, but some people do, um, and phones make it very easy to do that. Um, stop checking your emails before work. Um, an awful lot of people are making themselves accountable for their work. Um, outside of the the office, I know our situation is a little bit different. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good on that actually. Yeah. Um, remove um, excess apps. So try to have your phone as something that you're not constantly glued to. to try not to have all your, your social media um, apps on it. I don't have any of those on my phone. They're all on, you know, something else. Yeah, and I tend to do crazy things like delete all my mail um, applications at the weekend so they just don't pop up. Yeah, that's um, really good. That's yeah. a great idea, actually. Yeah. Um, Turn off your notifications. So again, um, if I don't delete apps, I'll make sure that none of the notifications are on. Um, Disturbing you. Yeah. I don't have any notifications on, actually. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, it, there's a big argument for not bringing your smartphone into the bedroom at all anymore. Um, that it, it, a lot of people are bringing work into their sleep space. Um, and one of the ways that they're predominantly doing this is through smart technology. What are they called? Is it airport or airplane mode or whatever that thing yeah. you flick, yeah, you switch on it? Yeah, that's yeah. That's the last um, um, tip here is to actually that airplane mode will set your life free. But the problem is, is that a lot of people don't have the willpower. Once their phone is there and they're using it as their alarm and they turn off their alarm in the morning, the first thing they do is look at their Facebook, look at their email, look at everything. Hmm. Yeah, time-wise, I think I'm a bit of a freak because I've got, um, you know, the radio powered, the atomic clocks everywhere. And I even have the atomic clock app on my phone. <laughs> I don't even trust the phone time. I go by the actual atomic clock timer. Okay, so continuing on this train of technology, social media, everything, I also read an article on Irish teenagers um, online. Um Interestingly, um, Irish parents monitor their kids a lot more than the UK parents on what they're using. I wouldn't have thought that, but, you know, yeah, you're reading the report. Yeah, I was surprised that it was 80% of Irish parents um, looked at what people were doing online. We recently had a parent tell us, no names obviously, but that they had secret apps that you couldn't find on the device to track their kids. And so the kids wouldn't know that the parents were checking up on what they were doing. 
Yes, that's, that's, well, that's quite common looking at this article. But interestingly, the three biggest um, social media platforms, none of which I use, which are the most popular um, platforms, social media platforms for teenagers in Ireland, um, a good chunk of the parents don't actually know how they operate. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that that was that was the flip side to it that I found that I found quite interesting. But the thing that stood out the most to me in this was one, there was a massively high percentage of people who said that they would step in if bullying was taking place. A far higher percentage would do it online than would do it offline. And I found that very interesting. There's a lot of young people who would say to us, oh, are you on this app and it begins with a W? No. Are you on that app, it begins with an S? Uh, no. Are you on the other app, it begins with a V? Uh, no. <laughs> it's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. I think the most important thing in this article was um, that a very large percentage of Irish teens actually sit around and instantly wait for people to like or comment on their posts, that they're really looking for instant gratification um, and they're looking for attention online that they don't feel that they're getting somewhere else. That was huge. And there was a very high percentage of them talking anonymously about big issues that they couldn't talk about anywhere else. That's sad. It is quite sad and, and it's very interesting that they're going online to get these answers that they're not getting in the real world. They're not going to get that instant gratification in the workplace or moving on, you know, after college or whatever in the real world. It just doesn't happen. You know, 15 years as an employee, I know it doesn't happen. Yeah, but it's also very interesting when you look at the flip side that 80% of their parents are monitoring what they're doing and they're then doing things anonymously or with different usernames in order to hide and using different apps that their parents are not familiar with. So they're looking desperately for someone to to give them answers to things. Their parents are looking desperately to monitor all their behaviour and they're not meeting in the middle. As always, I'm sure people will have questions for you. You can go to purplepsychology.com. There's a contact form there to get in touch. Thank you for tuning in to episode 32 of Purple Psychology. I'm Marie O'Riordan. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, thanks a million for being here. And thank you. 365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store.